This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Good morning, everyone. My name is Vance Alito. I'm the QA director and counselor at New Destiny Treatment Center. The presentation wasn't that awesome. Let's give it a baby. Let's get a baby hand. Give the baby hand. And isn't it good to know that the song said this child can face uncertain days because what? Because he lives. Give God a hand. Because he lives. Before we begin to share and tell you how God has changed our lives, first I'd like to thank Reverend Trussell for the opportunity to come and share with you. He's dis- he displays so much love and compassion for you, his congregation, his sheep. You are blessed to have him. Don't you feel you're blessed? Don't you feel you're blessed? Amen. Now I want to thank you for your prayers. Because I know you've been praying. I know you've been praying. So when you pray for a father, a husband that is drowning in alcoholism, you prayed for me. And you prayed for them. When you pray for a mother, a wife that is addicted to medication, pills, you prayed for me. You prayed for them. When you pray for a son or a grandson that's struggling with opioids, heroin addiction, you prayed for me and you prayed for them. When you pray for a daughter or granddaughter that is addicted to crystal meth or cocaine, you prayed for me and you prayed for them. We cannot close a, a blind eye to what's happening in our world. Although we're not part of the world, we still have concerns for the world. For 35 years, I struggled with a heroin addiction. I had multiple treatment programs. I was able to go to the veterans because I was a veteran. And I went there approximately nine times till they told me not to come back no more. They say there's no hope for you. Get on methadone and ride it out. You've been doing drugs too long. Oh, but they did not know about Jesus Christ. Oh, they did not know about the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. God led me to New Destiny Treatment Center 19 years ago. When I got to New Destiny Treatment Center, I was broken. I was beat up. I was worn. Everything that I have gave, I took back. Everything that I built, I destroyed. I was trapped in a lifestyle that would not let me see no further than the end of my nose. When I got to New Destiny Treatment Center, Reverend Collins, God rest his soul, he said, Vance, drugs and alcohol is not your problem. You have a sin problem. Paul said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And I understand exactly what Paul was saying because wherever I went, I took my addiction with me. You cannot run. You cannot hide from addiction. 
You know, a lot of times people want to sweep it under the rug and close the shutters and say, oh, no, it's nothing happening. But all along, they feel despaired. They feel alone. They pray and wondering, is there any help for my husband? Is there any help for my daughter or my son? Well, I want you to know that God heard your prayers. God brought us from Clinton, Ohio, 800 miles, not to sing. By the way, I just want to share this with you. I got to share. I didn't, I didn't say it this morning, but I want to say it this evening. Because it's at this time. I noticed that there's a kind of enclosure around the, the drums. So I was thinking, do they throw tomatoes and... I had to share that with you because this is the second time I thought that. I hope you don't have no tomatoes or eggs if we mess up singing. Because we're not singers. and We come to witness for the Lord. But I noticed there there's a lot of young adults here. And I know that when I was an adult around Apron Howe, Lincoln time, <laughs> I had peer pressure too. And it's the peer pressure that caused me to make a bad decision at the age of 12 that had 35 years of consequences on my life. I'm so glad that I went through every day of my addiction. I'm so glad that the doors was closed on me. I'm so glad that family members told me, don't come back around till you get your life in order. I'm so glad that I lost all my enablers and codependent. I'm so glad that I came to that crossroad in my life where I had to either choose which way to go. And I'm so glad that God was at that crossroad. Amen. I am so glad that Jesus Christ was there waiting for me. You see, David said, I patiently waited upon the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock. And he established my goings. You see, I don't sing the song of despair no more, for Christ has given me hope. I don't sing the song of the dead, for he has given me life. And I sure don't sing the song of bondage, for he has set me free. I tell you, there's no greater name than the name of Jesus Christ. What a lovely name. Star. Then the brightest star, 
Reaching higher far. Reaching higher far. Than the brightest star. Destiny Treatment Center is a faith-based, Christ-centered, state-certified alcohol and drug program. Our program is nine months. It is for men only. But we also have an outpatient, Suboxone. Suboxone is an antagonist for opioids. In Cleveland, well, let's say in, in Cuyahoga County alone, over 300 deaths from overdoses from opioids. 300, and they expected to reach 500 by the end of the year. The Bible said, for they know not, neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness and all the foundation saw the course. That's what happens when a person loses self-discipline in anything. It doesn't matter if it's alcohol or drugs. It could be shopping. It could be anything. It begins to dominate your life. It begins to become your God. And anything that becomes your God becomes worthless, and it makes you worthless. Alcohol and, and drugs is considered a disease. And like any disease, it must be treated. The first person I'm going to introduce you to is Scott Smith, and he's going to talk about life and addiction. Good morning. Uh, yesterday, or as our drive started up here on Friday, actually, Vance told me, as we were figuring out our service and the order of things we are going to be doing, Vance told me, um, Scott, you have five minutes. And he always, when he says you have five minutes, he looks at me and says, you have five minutes. Because there's been a few times where I kind of went over my, uh, my allotted time. And um, <clears throat> the devil started playing with my mind immediately. So uh, you might as well just, you know, pass. Give it to the next guy. Uh, <clears throat> Because you've got a story of, you know, 20 years of struggling with uh, substances. How, you know, you, there's not really anything you can say in five minutes besides, hey, I'm changed. Um, and that's, that's the message that we bring to you today. Um, even though we've all suffered <clears throat> with addiction, uh, the reason that we can be here today to minister to you and to give you hope and to give your families hope is that God has changed our lives. And he's, he's brought, he hasn't just brought us out of of sin. He's brought us out of deep, deep, dark addictions. Um, <clears throat> mine started uh, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago this year. Um, I had joined the military, uh, <clears throat> and I was a Christian when I joined the military, and I, I had a witness for God, and I had met some good friends there on my naval, uh, my, the ship I was on, and I was determined 
to win these guys to God. I mean, I was, I was, I was, just, I just knew that He was gonna work through me, and these all these heathens were gonna be saved, and it didn't happen that way. Uh, in fact, uh, they didn't want to hear anything about Jesus or God or have anything to do with uh, what I had to say, and it. <clears throat> I thought, well, maybe if I kind of mingle a little bit more get them to trust me, you know, I'll kind of become that sheep that gets in with the bad flock. And I did that, and uh, that didn't help. It, what it did was it brought me down to their level, and I spent the next probably 10 years um, spiraling down as far as addiction goes. Um, about six years ago, my fiance got pregnant with uh, our first little boy, and... At that point in my life, I knew that there had to come a change. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents, sitting right here, I'm very proud of them, glad they're here. Um, Jack and Patsy Smith, if you know them, there they are. I'm uh, very proud of uh, the parents that I have, and God has blessed me greatly. Um, <clears throat> I was raised on a, you know, a mission field. They were, they were missionaries to the Navajos. And I remember I was actually sitting down here thinking earlier what a lovely church this is and how awesome it is that you get to come and worship God here. I, my mind went back to when I was a little boy and playing, in the, playing with my cars, you know, towards the end of our three, four-hour long services that we'd have. They'd let me get down on the floor and I'd play in the dirt, you know, on the floor of the church there. And... Um, it just, it just, it, it reminded me of what a great tradition that I come from, you know, the godly home and the heritage. Um, <clears throat> I'll say that, I say that to say this, when I had, when we got pregnant with uh, Silas, our six-year-old, he's turning six tomorrow, um, <clears throat> I realized, you know, this, this got to stop. I've got, you know, babies that are going to need a dad and all this. And so I tried to stop. <clears throat> I went to, uh. A couple of uh, treatment programs. I went to an outpatient program. Um, I went to a inpatient program in South Dakota with the Veterans Association. Um, but I hadn't surrendered my life to God. Um, I got saved there at the VA, but I let the devil, you know, trick me into into thinking, uh, you know, I could use one more time and and, and just when you're addicted, uh, when you start using drugs, if you have anybody in your family. You love anybody that's using drugs what happens when they start using them your mind starts forming new patterns and eventually your body and your mind are working together and you need those drugs to survive it's not a matter of your will anymore it becomes a matter of survival my fiance would tell me just quit just stop if you're a man if you love me you'll just stop doing it and i couldn't do it it was impossible, and I found out since I've been in New Destiny that it wasn't because of my will. It was because of my brain. I had been damaging it for so long that I needed these things to survive. So <clears throat> my father uh, met Dr. Bolas, the director at New Destiny. Um, it was last summer at the Mount, Mount Zion camp, and he called me up and said, Scott, we found the program for you. You know, I could, I could hear the excitement in his voice. Uh, he said it's in Ohio, um, which you know he was trying to. I think he was trying to give me the bad news first, but it was kind of like all bad news, because first of all it was in Ohio, which is like 3,000 miles away from where I live, and the second bad news was that it was nine month program. 
<clears throat> and so I, I was glad that it was so long and so far because I could, you know, kind of, I had good reason to refuse that. So I said, you know, Dad, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can drive. I don't think we, I can go that far away and be gone that long. And I, I was working at a job. I remember I had a really good job. I mean, a gravy job. Nice job, good pay. I had a company vehicle, and God saw fit to let that cease. I was hit, I hit rock bottom, and before I knew it, I was calling my dad, telling him, "Hey, you know, I need to go to Ohio." Um, I came to New Destiny, addicted to methamphetamines, crystal meth, alcohol, marijuana, cigarettes, and <clears throat> the message that we bring to you today is that there is a place of hope, there is a place of rest. Um, it's in Jesus, and New Destiny gives you that place. That new, you know, New Destiny gives you that time and opportunity to find God, to bring Him back into your life. Um, and after eight months, I, I would like to tell everybody here that I am free. I'm free from the addiction.
Something is offered to us to say this is going to make us feel better. Something is going to say, now this would take care of all your problems. And as we progress into our addiction, this drugs and alcohol become our coping mechanism. The coffee is too hot. Let me do some drugs. I'm late for work. Let me do some drugs. The wife is nagging me this morning. Let me do some drugs. We at New Destiny Treatment Center try to give these clients coping skills. You know, Jesus told Nicodemus, because Nicodemus said, well, how can a man be born again? I mean, enter the kingdom of heaven, I'm sorry. And Jesus said, well, first a man must be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, how can a man enter his mother's womb again. And Jesus said, well, first you've got to understand what's happening in this world before you can possibly understand the things about the kingdom of heaven. But that's what happens at New Destiny Treatment Center. No one comes to God on their own. For it is written, I love Jacob and hated Esau. You must be drawn. But until then, we teach them what's happening in their lives. We look at the addict in the full perspective, mentally, physically, and most definitely spiritual. Even in a secular program, they tell you that you need a power greater than yourself. You're not going to overcome this on your own. And that's where Jesus Christ come into play at New Destiny Treatment Center. Of course, I had 17 programs, but I never had a relationship with a power greater than myself. You know, we live by that old cliche, you know, uh, I'm a man. I don't suppose to cry. I don't suppose to bow down. I suppose to lick this on my own. But yet I've seen some of the strongest men die in addiction. It's not about your gender. It's not about your race. It's not about your standards. And as you will see when this next person comes to share, he was a minister in the church. And he's going to share his testimony with you. Let me introduce you to Rick Haiti. Thank you. As uh, Vance said, my name is Rick Hayden, and uh, uh, my testimony would probably be a little bit different than uh, several people that come there uh, because of uh, just, you know, how I had lived. I had uh, pastored for like 25 years, been married for 33, when my wife had left me and uh, for a guy who I thought was my best friend at the time. I mean, I guess... If that's who your best friend, maybe you need to choose him more carefully. I don't know. But that really, 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 the sense of betrayal, the sense of, uh, of pain and loss really messed with me you know, very badly. 
I ended up moving from the church because uh, this is where I was pastoring, moved from that church and started doing something that I'd, I'd work myself through school, and that was machining. I hated doing it, made good money. I was in a, a different state and uh, off by myself, and I was uh, very, very depressed. And so what I would do is I, uh, or what I started doing is I, I picked up alcohol just because that seemed to be the thing that, that called me. And uh, I found out that I you know, felt some better. I stayed pretty much by myself. But it didn't just stay at that. It didn't just stay at me like having a little bit here and feeling better. But uh, it was became over a pretty quick period of time a daily uh, thing that I would do. And I was working a second shift, and I'd think, well, I'm not going to you know, drink uh, you know, except for just after work, but it became before work. And uh, I thought, well, I'm not going to drink you know, until uh, uh, bef- you know, afternoon, but it became before noon, before 10 o'clock. It came before 10 o'clock to the point where I had alcohol sitting by my bed. If I'd get up, go to the bathroom at night or as soon as I'd wake up in the morning, I had it there for myself. I was drinking very heavily on the job, carrying vodka, uh, just straight vodka around in water bottles and uh, you know, doing that type of work. But any time I was sober, I felt such a sense of disgust and such a sense of depression, such a sense, I cannot describe to you the self-loathing that I had. I hated me. There was a time I used to love what I was doing. It seemed like all of that was ripped away from me. All the sense of purpose, anything that I had going for me was gone at that moment. And that's all I saw. And I had no idea that my family was going to do this. They had uh, worked out an intervention and uh, just showed up at my door one day. And uh, it moved me when I, when I saw them there. And they uh, uh, told me about New Destiny because they had to travel, you know, a few hundred miles. Uh, told me about New Destiny and asked me if I wanted to go. I said yes because I wanted to be out of this, this, this bondage that I was in, this sense of shame that I had, this sense of self-loathing that I had. And you know what's, what's, it's almost like a sense of irony. I used to work with people like me, used to work with people like Scott has mentioned, and uh, help see people come to the grace of Jesus Christ and find deliverance, but I could not find a way out myself. My, my, my heart and my head was so darkened and in such spiritual blindness and darkness, I could not find a way out myself. And so when they said something about New Destiny, a Christian-based place, I said, yes, I want to go. Now, I did not know until after I got there that my family, the reason they did this is because they expected to find me dead. And uh, the way that I was going and abusing alcohol. But uh, I I was there for, uh, it was probably about three months. And before I really got connected to Christ, and I remember how uh, they would uh, uh, talk about, especially Vance, and my counselor Richard would talk about, uh, you know, don't leave until the miracle happens. Well, I needed a miracle, but I, you know, it was hard for me to see anything, you know, that could really happen to me during that time. And Vance would say it one Sunday, then maybe he'd get up the next Sunday and he'd say it again, don't leave until the miracle happens. It began to irritate me that why would he keep saying that? He'd say it like another Sunday, and Richard, my counselor, would say, don't leave until the miracle happens. And it just, I really chafed under that. But there was one day that I was alone in the chapel, and uh, no one else was in there, which is synonymous with being alone, I guess. Uh, uh, so, uh, 
the, uh, I, I was in there by myself, and, uh, and I opened the Bible. And it's uh, uh, to the scripture of 1 John 1, 9, that it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Oh, and I wanted forgiveness. And it goes on to say, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I wanted to be clean. And uh, I prayed just that simple prayer that day. And I told God what His Word said, that You said, Lord, that if I would confess my sins, which I did, that You would forgive me. Like I told Him in the first service. It wasn't like I've heard several times that the grass became greener and the sky was bluer, but there was a divine change in me. And like Vance had said, don't leave until the miracle happens. A miracle happened in me. There was something that was real, something that I'd experienced, had that vague reminiscence of what I'd remembered before, before I'd got into my addiction the way that I had of experiencing Jesus Christ. And that was an awesome thing. And uh, I have... been there now about about 10 months something like that i I graduated just uh on during my ninth month it's a nine month program but uh, i wanted to stay there just a little bit longer i'm going through right now it's called a relapse prevention program because i know just you know the propensities that i would have i know what god's done for me but i know i've sensed and i've seen especially here of late just some possible propensity propensities that are in me that can happen because of just thinking sometimes about the past. And I'm thankful for people like Vance, who's really gone out for me, for a good roommate like Scott, who's shown me the character and the nature of Jesus Christ, for Dr. Bolas, uh, because of where I've been, still showing me the love of God. New Destiny is an awesome place. And maybe you have some friends or, or family or loved ones that are bound by some kind of an addiction. I would encourage you, my dear friend, to get them in touch with New destiny because there are people there that love God and that love people and that that want to work with people that have been addicted or that are addicted and you know why because just like Vance who works there and has been working there for several years they've come from that themselves my own counselor has come from that himself been in jail over 70 times in prison over three times but God delivered him that's the kind of people that God delivers people that need some kind of change as one guy said the only type of material that God has to make Christians out of are sinners. And it doesn't matter what kind of sin. What we're talking about here today is bondage because of drugs or alcohol. But that's who Jesus came to set free, those who were bound. And I praise God for that. Thank you very much. We're going to be singing this next song uh, talking about There is a River. And it talks about a woman who was bound herself and was looking for some kind of water. And Jesus told her about living water and the new life she could have. So I trust you'll be blessed by this song.
approximately 190 90 people in our outpatient, and I believe 120 is white, young white women from the age of 18 to maybe 29. They're struggling with heroin addiction, opioid addiction. It is so sad to see how a substance can come into your life and totally dominate it. How it can change your identity. No longer are you the mother or the father. You become the addict. No longer are you the good son or the good daughter. You become the addict. You don't make up rules and regulations in addiction. There's a bully in the playground and his name is Lucifer. You don't tell him what you're going to do. He tells you what to do. He tells you when to lay down and he tells you when to get up. He tells you when to steal and who to steal from. He tells you to jump and you just have to say hi, hi. But God will come and restore you to sanity. Step one said, come to believe that uh, there's a, 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 a substance has caused your life to be unmanageable. Step two said, come to believe that a power greater than yourself can restore you to sanity. And then step three says to turn your will and your life over to God who we choose to call Jesus Christ. I am so glad that our God is not a, a, a fable. It's not a, a, a story. It's not... A mystery is not a fantasy. He's for real. I had no faith when I came to New Destiny Treatment Center. I didn't believe in nothing but a pistol. That's the only thing I believed in. I believe that a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. I believe that the catching become before the hanging. But when I came to New Destiny Treatment Center, all of it, everything that I believed in dissipated. Everything that I put my faith in that I could touch was corroded, dried up, and blew away. I was broken. I was tired. And I was worn. I did 35 years of addiction. And if you had to ask me, when I was in my addiction, well, Vance, are you a Satan worshiper? I'll tell you, you insane. There's a God, but yet my fruits show the sign of Satan. You know, when I read the story about the wild man running through the caves, I better cut this short. I'm getting, I'm going to get away. I'm going to get away. When I talk about the Lord, I just, I just get away. I'm sorry. But I want to tell you this. When I read the story about the wild man and running through the caves and, you know, falling in the fire and cutting himself. And they said they, they bound him with chains and he broke the chains. And then when he saw Jesus, and he said, son of David, would you help me? And Jesus said, demon, what is your name? And the demon said, my name is a legion, for there's many in me. I didn't understand what it said until I got God in my life. He said, Vance. You got a sinful nature that every defiled and evil thing lies in that nature. And all it takes is one thing to render you powerless. And all these things will begin to manifest. 
I began to start lying. And I didn't have to go to college to learn how to lie. I didn't have to take old nine one stealing. It just came natural out of my sinful nature. And I realized what he was saying now. There's a thief in me, a murderer in me, an addict in me, and every evil thing that you can think of lies within our nature. We need that power of God to keep vans under my foot. I would not give him no more room in my life. Because look at what he did to it. He destroyed it. Today, I choose to go do God's will. On the way coming down here, I heard a song that said, I believe he died for me, so I believe I'll live for him. Wherever he send me is better than where I've been. Thank God. Thank God that he gave us grace and mercy. Joel. I'm going to introduce you to Joel, and he's going to talk about life after addiction. Say thanks, Vance, for taking so long. Now I can I'm keep sorry. It, I can keep it down under a minute. <laughs> My name is Joel, and uh, I'm 47 years old. I'm originally from Pennsylvania. I uh, moved to Ohio back uh, around 2000. You know, I was talking to my wife last night, and we've been married for 28 years. I'm not sure how she stayed with me for 28 years, but she did. But she told me she was proud of me, and and I knew what she was talking about because um, for the first time, <clears throat> sorry, in almost 30 years, I've been sober for four years. Yeah. <clears throat> And I know she's proud of me because she, she knows that I've always wanted to sing in a group. And it's, it's always been my desire, but I never, I mean, who wants to have somebody in their group that's an alcoholic, you know what I mean? And uh, she probably, when we first met, I used to sit around and listen to Southern gospel music and drink beer. And I think she thought I was crazy. <laughs> but but uh, it's always been in my heart. I grew up in Holiness Church. And uh, when I was 17, I decided to go my own way. Um, I grew up and my mother was a churchgoer and my father was an alcoholic. And I, I remember being young and getting mad at him, you know, thinking, why, you know, why do you want to do that? And then I turned around and I followed in his footsteps. But I'm thankful today that God has delivered me. Um, you know, I, I went to AA quite a few times during the last 30 years to try to, to quit drinking. And they always make you stand up and they, you know, my name is Joel and I'm an alcoholic. Well... Uh, my name is Joel, but I, I'm no longer an alcoholic. Because God has delivered me. He's Amen. taken away the desire to drink and to do the things that I used to do. And the next song we're going to sing is uh, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. And it's, it's something that I pray for every day. Amen. I am weak, but Thou art strong. Jesus. Just keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. Just a closer walk, just a closer walk with thee. Jesus is my plea 
coming here and sharing what God is doing for each and every one of us. And it's good to know that there's people that are praying. Like Reverend Trussell said, this world is, is really, really getting worse and worse. But you, Christians out of salt, this is not going to go away. Alcoholism and drug addiction, it would be here until Christ come back. But because of your prayers, because of your faith, Jesus Christ is on the edge of his seat. He's given you and others opportunity to receive him. He wants you to tell others, especially your loved ones, that it's not a life sentence, that there's hope. I left pamphlets out there and my card is out there and if you call me and I'll do my best, I'll do my best to get whoever you call me for into treatment. It doesn't matter if it's a man or woman. I will give you outlets and tell you what you need to do. You don't have to feel like your hands is tied. Again, thank you, Reverend Trussell. I appreciate it. We love you dearly and bless each and every one of you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.